Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. We have a uh, busy next several days. In fact, rest of the week. Pretty wild uh, here. As we get ready to uh, wind down the new year. Or the old year. Get ready to wind up the new year. Whatever I'm trying to say. Uh, this is uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. It's great to have you with us. I am the slightly befuddled P-Man. And that is uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington across the way. Ref, how you doing? Pretty good, Patrick. How about you? Good. Good. Uh, Chill Phil's there. Chill, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing just fine. Good to see you. Well, here we are on the uh, eve of signing day. And we've got quite the uh, amount of coverage for you tomorrow here on the flagship of the Pirates 94.3 The Game. Beginning at 1.30, Mike Houston will have comments that he'll be making to uh, assembled members of the media. And we plan to bring you those comments live over the air. Uh, Our Ben Byron will be anchoring from the studio. Our man on the scene will be the guy across from me right now, the ref, Philip Pilkington. I'll be in there on the back end. And then uh, I think Jason Alder might hop on for a little bit on the back with us as well. But we'll have uh, coaches' comments live for you. Uh, we'll also have social media. Have you guys worked everything out for tomorrow? Yep, we're you all know, ready to go. Being the big TV star I am, I only have so much I can do until the back end tomorrow. So Can't be in two places at one time, huh? Right. So we're on from noon uh, till sometime close to one thirty with uh, the ESPN Plus show that we're doing tomorrow. Uh, I've seen the set. We're going to be on the terrace overlooking the stadium there by the Murphy Center. It's a really good-looking setup they've got there. So that's going to be great. We'll be uh, out there tomorrow. The weather's looking good. Going to be a little warmer than it was today, so that's good. I don't know how warm it'll be at noon, but maybe the sun will be out. If I were uh, with Terrence Copper, we'd have to have some kind of uh, shield for him from the sun because Terrence did not do well with the sun this year. So uh, that's coming up tomorrow. Uh, 1.30, join us here on 94.3 The Game. We'll have uh, live comments from Coach Mike Houston, also the questions he'll take from the media, the signing day class. Uh, There's some interesting uh, signees. Offensive line heavy, this class is. We had a kind of had a meeting on it today, and a lot of kids along the offensive line, some kids that might could go ahead and start to play along the offensive line. The portal is a big thing now, obviously. I mean, how many quarterbacks are in the – or in the portal now. I mean, guys that were playing at other places. And then, uh, obviously, South Carolina seems to have solved their quarterbacking uh, issues. Spencer Rattler heard that Lincoln Riley went to USC, and uh, he didn't get the memo. He it was got, the other USC. He picked the wrong USC. One headed west, the other headed east. But, I mean, that he's he's kind of a Heisman candidate, wouldn't you say, next year? I know, well, I know this year. think about that this year. Yeah, I, didn't, I know this year wasn't great, but, I mean – a kid who probably is a Heisman candidate, at least, or at least caliber of a Heisman candidate. 
is going to play at South Carolina. I'd say that solved a lot of their quarterbacking issues. I mean, he can't be as bad as he was this year at Oklahoma, can he? And even if he is, he's still probably better than what you uh, yeah. <laughs> South Carolina had a quarterback anyways. Yeah. Had, a, had a coach playing quarterback, grad student. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, there's that's that's that transfer portal is going to be a big, big deal. And, and there's some kids that ECU's kind of waiting and seeing on. The kids in the portal who have played are not as quick to – they're not worried about signing day. The kids in the portal aren't worried about getting that fax sent in or the email sent in or however they do it now by uh, a certain time in the morning so they could make it on to ESPN Plus or Sports Center or ESPNU. They're, they're not really interested in that if they played – because a lot of those guys are having to take finals this week. Oh, and they've been there, done that. When yeah. they signed the first time as well as, like you said, they've been on TV when they played. Right. So it's old hat for them. They just want to play. But uh, the Pirates have got a couple guys out of the portal. I think a couple will surprise some folks. Uh, the freshmen that are ready to play, that's going to be – It'll be pretty good. So it'll be it'll be very very interesting uh, to uh, to do that tomorrow. Jay Sunhalder and I were uh, talking a bunch today about all the things we're gonna go through. And when you get ready for a show like that, I mean, and our producers have done a great job. We have just reams of uh, papers of information. If we use twenty percent of it, we probably use too much. But you just want to have every scenario covered. Uh, it's it's a big moving target. So it'll be quite a, a show tomorrow. And again, what we're bringing you is live coverage of Mike Houston tomorrow. Uh, don't think we're going to get him one-on-one afterwards. We will have that audio for you live. We'll have a recap of everything, including a possible one-on-one for the uh, show here tomorrow at 5. Trying to talk Sunholder into coming by here. I don't know if he'll do that, though. But uh, trying to get him to come by at 5. So it's going to be kind of a full day tomorrow. Uh, but aren't they all? Uh, and uh, it'll be a lot of it'll be pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to that uh, tomorrow, uh, right here on the Patrick Johnson Show, uh, a recap of everything, but also what we've got planned for uh, signing day tomorrow again with our live coverage beginning at 1:30. So that'll be uh, that'll be pretty good. Uh, ECU basketball. Joe Dooley uh, had his uh, comments on the Joe Dooley Show last night. Some interesting things there. So we'll get to that during the course of this show today. Joe Gillio will join us. Uh, talked to him a little bit ago from 99.9 The Fan. Gilio, of course, uh, for years and years wrote for the News and Observer and was probably the preeminent uh, sports writer in the in the state. I mean, not columnist, but writer. Actual guy who covered a beat. Uh, Gilio was the man. And uh, now is uh, on the afternoon show on 99.9 The Fan out of Raleigh, our friends over there. Uh, sports radio, and then uh, also doing stuff for WRELsportsfan.com. So we'll catch up with Joe. Joe's had a little surgery here recently, so he's convalescing from that but still working. So uh, we'll catch up uh, with him. And I, I'm anxious to kind of get his perspective on the ECU-BC matchup. You know, he's obviously kept maybe a little more of a closer eye on Boston College than we have here. And probably people in Boston do, for that matter, because they're in the ACC. Joe's, you know, kept a little bit of an eye on him. I'm also anxious to see uh, what he thinks. You know, I haven't heard any numbers on ticket sales, but I have to imagine the UNC Chapel Hill, University of South Carolina at Columbia matchup in Charlotte 
well, you're from Charlotte, is probably, you know, even though they've played and they've played there before and, you know, it's not the Rose Bowl or anything. It's the, what is it now, the, the Mayo Bowl, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I have to imagine that uh, there's still going to be a lot of fans from both sides, particularly for South Carolina, they're going to go. Oh, I think so. And it, well, it was North Carolina as well because there are a lot of Tar Heel oh, yeah. fans in the Charlotte area. Yeah, so there are. I think it's going to be a great tournament. It might be the best attendance they've had for that bowl game since it began in, uh, was it 2005, 2006, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Been to that bowl a couple times as a fan, um, and uh, that's yeah, it's a pretty good time. It's a pretty well-done bowl. Uh, so I think this will be a really uh, an interesting draw, but I'm anxious to, to hear what he thinks because – it's a springboard for somebody. Does it maybe lean a little more towards South Carolina because of the excitement of Spencer Rattler and, you know, Beamer came in and kind of exceeded expectations? Where with UNC, Sam Howell's out now. He's gone. They've underachieved in a big way. Their defense is horrible. But they, look, I, from what I understand tomorrow, they've got a hell of a recruiting class they're about to sign. Matt can recruit him, and it comes to coaching him up. That's kind of, eh, you know, that's a problem. Uh, and then we'll we'll talk. We'll mention uh, what's going on with NC State as well. They're playing UCLA out in San Diego in the Holiday Bowl there, right? And then, uh, you know, Duke hired a football coach. It looks like he's a guy that like owns a delicatessen. I mean, this guy doesn't really inspire excitement in my mind but I guess the Blue Devil people are excited because it was either that or the Army coach and they don't want to be running the triple option in Durham there was a rumor of Jason Garrett at one time I think they were glad to get out of that one too see I think no I think that would have been that would if I'm a Duke football fan that's exciting to me because Jason Garrett has probably held the biggest job in pro football would you agree oh for sure so you would have been all over Sports Center yesterday. Instead, you're on uh, Spectrum News with uh, highlights instead of being all over Sports. I mean, that thing probably didn't make a splash. It was probably a bottom line scroll. Dukes hired the Texas A&M defensive coordinator. Woo, woo hoo. I mean, just you know, look. And I'm partial to David Cutcliffe. That man was not only worked wonders there in football, but he's one of the best human beings on the planet. Uh, David Cutcliffe was great every time I interviewed him. Uh, was really good with, I mean, remembered people's names, remembered people. Just a, a great guy. And I, they needed to probably make a change because the last three years have been really, really rough. And I think there does reach a time now in this day and age where it's a singular voice is too much. you you got to move on. You have to have a different voice in the room, as they say. But, I mean, what he did, you take out his first three years, which, I mean, he was rebuilding a total mess. Not not just a mess created by his predecessor, a mess created by decades of neglect. So he what he did to turn that around, you take that out and you take the last three years out, I mean, he had a hell of a run there over a, an eight-year stretch. Yeah, there was a... You know, time in there where I think they went two or three years in a row winning at least eight or nine games. Yeah. Won a bowl game. Yeah. Should have won another one. Agree. But, you know, that's – them's the breaks. So they've made a hire where, again, I think the Jason Garrett hire would have been a lot more exciting. 
because you'd have been all over, you'd have been all over Fox, uh, Fox Sports one, uh, Fox Sports. You'd have been all over ESPN. You'd have been all over the dot coms. Instead, you're on WRAL Sports Fan. No offense to Joe Giglio with this guy. It looks like he runs a haberdashery. For, well, when for you're, big and tall in, in downtown. Well, when you're a Duke fan, you get enough of that ESPN Fox Sports with your basketball team as it is. So I guess they don't care all that much. No, they do not care. That's the thing about it. And and John and I love John Feinstein. John and I are friends. Uh, been very good to us on this show. But John's on there bitching and moaning on Twitter that Duke didn't hire a person of color as their coach. And if that was the best candidate, that's who they should have hired. But he, you know, they, they do have a female and African-American AD. Not that that needs to be a, a prerequisite for anything, checking boxes. But I just thought that was a bizarre comment. And I think, well, I still think John's got a little bit of an axe to grind with Duke on some level. Not K or Duke basketball, but with the university itself. But look, anybody, I think, I, I do not see this ending well over there. I, they'll be okay. They'll be better just because this guy will infuse some energy into the program, possibly. They have a kid that was committed to him, the running back from Washington, who Terrence Copper says the best high school player out of Washington that he, he's seen. Not since me, but since not me, Patrick, but me, Terrence. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, that's what he said. He said he's, he's the best high school player he had seen, the kid at Washington. That kid stayed committed. They had a kid out of uh, from Dudley who just beat Rose on Friday. Speaking of Rose, Michael Allen is going to uh, you know, do his signing tomorrow at 9. Are we going to try to get somebody out there? Did we work that out to get somebody to go by there and get something on that, or is that? B-Baby is going. We'll see how Ben's that gonna turns go? out. Good. Okay. Well, no, ben, ben seemed excited about it. and I think Ben gets excited for stuff like this because it's, you know, it's good stuff for the community. And, look, that's a big deal for Michael Allen. I mean, would it have been nice if he'd gone to ECU? Yeah, absolutely been great it would have been better if he'd gone anywhere else other than nc state sure but you know what michael allen's about to do he's about to go somewhere have his education paid for and he'll walk out of there with a college degree and he probably could play and he had he not got hurt with his knee he probably would have got drafted had he not wanted to play football he'd have probably got drafted into the to play baseball um Maybe he thinks that's always something he can go back to, perhaps. But, you know, good for Michael Allen. So that's, we're going to have some of that for you tomorrow, get a little bit of audio for that. I think that's an important thing. There's numerous other kids. We'll have all of that. Wanted to try to maybe look at getting Sammy Batten on because Sammy was the OG of this, but, of course, he retired. But he's still kind of following it on a freelance basis. But I just think we're going to have too much other stuff tomorrow uh, with everything we've got. So... We'll try to uh, pull a little bit of, and we'll credit, of course, ESPN Plus broadcast, but we're going to have the coordinators on, so we'll try to get some of that on the air tomorrow, too. We're working on all of that to get it to you. A lot going on. I don't know if I mentioned that to Ben today. We need to figure that out. Need to get that rolling. Did I mention that in our little uh, meeting when he was on the phone now? Could you mention that to Ben? No, I, I think it would be good to have Ben roll on that and pull some of the audio from the, those interviews. We're going to have John Gilbert on and, and all of that. So there'll be plenty uh, plenty of coverage stem to stern uh, between myself and, uh, of course, here 94.3 The Game. All right, a break, and when we come back, uh, 
Pirate Basketball, they're going to resume action on Friday in Charlotte. It'll be the opening game of the Hall of Fame shootout taking place at the Cable Box there in Charlotte. Downtown, one thirty tip against Liberty, who uh, beat Carver Bible last night. Throw out the records. Carver Bible goes around and plays every Division One they can so they can fund their school. That's smart. Sounds like Texas Southern playing uh, really tough Well, schedule. Texas Southern's just uh, funding basketball and athletics. Yeah. Carver's funding the whole school with, with that. that oh, money. wow. Because they're non-D1. But they're playing like 20 D1 games this year. It's crazy. It's crazy. So we'll uh, – We'll hear from Joe Dooley coming up next at our Pirate Report. And a little later on, Joe Giglio will join us. You'll have an update as well? All right, great, good stuff. Here we go, Patrick Johnson Show rolling on. Pirate Report with Joe Dooley straight ahead. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. So Friday is going to be my final Friday show of the year. Wow, that shows how close we are to the end of the year. It does. Christmas coming up right away. Uh, Yeah, because we won't have a show Christmas Eve because Christmas Eve. And uh, I'm taking the last couple days of the year off from this uh, assignment, so. You boys going to be ready? We are ready. Okay. Passing the torch off to us temporarily, I see. If I could get away with doing it for the first full week of the year, I would. But I, I can't. I don't, I've, got, I got, I've got some more basketball coming up, too. So I've got, like, some more assignments coming up. So we'll see. Keep the powder dry, boys. I'm not going to do a Brando or a... Uh, Oh, gosh, Clay Travis, Screamin' A, or Henry Hinton, and call in on my own show when I'm off from it. That's good. Yeah. Brando used to do that. He'd call his own show when he was off from it. You know, going off to jet off to do a ball game somewhere, he'd call into his own radio show. And Clay Travis would do it. Screamin' A's done it. And Henry Hinton's done it. In fact, I think he originated the move, calling in to his own show when he's Supposedly off from it. Look at that. He's a trailblazer. He is. A tra- well, he is. The guys. I, I noticed, too, we've got, we had a lot of changes around the studio here in the last day or so. We've, we've got new flooring in our lobby and in the hallway. The studios are still, have the same old stinky flooring. Hey, but at least the studio's got that nice new couch over there. That couch uh, is kind of a love seat, but I like it better. The thing we had in there, I think, was a like in somebody's uh, dorm room, uh, the producer that was Josh Graham's producer. I think that guy brought it from wherever the hell he was living in college. And it looked like it had been, I, I don't, it just, it looked like it had been in a frat house. It looked like it had bong residue on it. I'm not going to lie. It was the most disgusting couch in the history of couches. Uh, it was, I mean, like, there's days you want to come in here and say, well, I'd like to sit on that comfortable couch. But you needed a tetanus shot to sit on that thing. And now we've got a nut. So here's the rule, and you need to pass this on to Ben. Are you listening, Chill? Okay. We are not going to mess this couch up in here. All right? We're not going to make it 
some filthy thing where you guys, maybe if you've been out and you've had a libation or two or whatever you do, you're not going to come in here and crash and sleep all over it or anything. No eating, no eating like greasy quesadillas or anything on it. Let's keep it nice. I can speak for myself. I say I will. Can't speak for Chiller, Ben. Chill's fine. I don't. I have no. Chill's. Chill's well behaved. I don't. You and Ben, I don't know about. Hey, what about Courtney? I, I think Courtney's the mischievous one out of us all. I'm not sure Courtney's gonna uh, be back here for a little bit. I think she's kind of gone on the holiday break. Oh, okay. When we do, when we announce our bowl plans for next week, our bowl game programming, uh, I need to. Uh, I need to send a note out on that because I wanted to see if Courtney could be a part of that. Because it's going to be kind of a, a send-off celebration for everybody on the team that worked on it, even Derek. And none of us like Derek, so that's no, we we love Derek. He's fun. Uh, let's see here. Really good weather tomorrow. Thank God, because I'm going to be outside. Uh, looking at a uh, chilly low tonight of 36. That's kind of cold. But uh, 64 tomorrow, 68 with sun on Thursday, 73 Friday, 76 Saturday. This is not Christmas weather. No. I thought I, Bing Crosby said it was beginning to look a lot like Christmas. You I played, think I should have played a different song. Yeah, you should have played uh, the Hawaiian Christmas with Bing Crosby. Yeah. The uh, song they're playing in yeah. uh, Christmas, Christmas Vacation when he thinks of the pool yeah. in his backyard. Or the Jimmy Buffett version, Melamekihama, I think, or however that's pronounced. That'll be clipped and used again, I'm sure. Yep. That is what Memphis and Hawaii will say this year. There was a rumor potentially it was going to be ECU at one time, but Memphis got that. I'm got really that glad it was not ECU. Same. Doing a, That would have been a tough one to explain to the wife on, uh, on Christmas Eve night. Hey, honey, i got to host the pregame show for the bowl game. It gets done at 7 o'clock, yeah. The show gets done at 7, the game's at 8. And by the way, uh, our our staff has to monitor the game and all that. So, gosh, thank goodness that didn't happen. That would have been rough. That would have been rough. All right, uh, that's your forecast. Now it's time for your pirate. Who's going to read the sponsor? You're doing it? All right, pirate report time. Here we go. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Today's Pirate Report is brought to you by Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop, your one-stop destination for hunting, fishing, and boating supplies. Also by Farm Bureau Insurance. They believe insurance is more than a product. It's a service. Local agents right here in your backyard. And, and, read the next two. Jam in some more here. Greenville Pathology. We are part of a local community, Greenville Pathology. We don't see a specimen, we see you. Also by Wilson Roads Heating and Air Conditioning, keeping you comfortable since 1961. Rico. All right, Joe Dooley Radio Show. You heard it here last night on 94.3, the game live from Logan's Roadhouse. Uh, the Pirates are going to be playing Liberty on Friday at 1.30. 1 o'clock airtime here on 94.3, the game in 107.9 WNCT. Also, uh, coming up, uh, we're going to probably go on the air as soon as the network ends that day. I might be in an undisclosed location, but you guys, well, we'll be fine. We'll all be on. You, you'll be here? Yeah. Maybe give, I don't know. Ben, uh, who knows? You'll know about that guy. And then... uh, he took last Friday off. He's got to be here. He this did Friday. take last Friday off, didn't he? 
Well, you know, the other thing, we're going to need to pull some audio from that uh, post game. I'm hoping for a pirate win. I, I conned Joe Dooling to call in in the 5 o'clock hour. So let's hope there's a pirate win, and we'll talk to Joe as they're making their way back from Charlotte. But uh, Liberty and ECU, Flames are 6-4, and four, Pirates are 8-2. and two. Liberty has played a couple of games since ECU last played their last game, which was the win against North Carolina A&T to get them to eight wins. And this is uh, Joe Dooley on the time that they have spent not only uh, during the final exams, taking the final exams, but also getting their players healthy and ready to go. Cut one. Getting some guys healthy. We'll have Alonzo will be back. He'll play on Friday, and it's good to have him back practicing. So that was good. We get Luigi back uh, from his his family. You know, we had a funeral to go to, as we talked about. So those guys are back. We we're able to practice. Some of the other guys that were a little dinged up, Brandon Suggs is fine. So we get those things are all good news because you get a little chance. And now that being said, you know, uh, Liberty has, will have played two games by the time we play them again. They played Stephen F. Austin out in Dallas on uh, on Saturday, and then they play tonight. So uh, it, it is what it is. We'll just have to adjust and, and hopefully simulate it in practice. Joe Dooley on his big men. Well, it would be good to have Zoe back. I mean, it's another big bot, and he's, you know, I think we can throw the ball to him inside. We, you know, we, we feel very, very confident that he can score on the block. Very smart player. Uh, it complements. He's a little bit different than Luigi. I think the other things that's also good, Marlon, I think, is starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Uh, he's given us good minutes, and he really bought us a lot of time against uh, in the last home against A&T, and, and he helped us against Gardner-Webb as a freshman. He's just starting to figure it out, which is good news also. Uh, this is uh, Joe Dooley on today's Pirate Report, Coach, on the uh, radio show last night. You heard right here on 94.3 The Game. Alonzo Frink, uh, Zoe is back. His free throw shooting, that's something that Coach Dooley was asked about. Here's the answer. He shot it better. He, he, he With his touch, he, he should be in the seven. He gets the ball on the left side of his head a little bit. He starts shooting it across his face. We've been walking, working on getting it on that right ear and uh, that right side of his head. So, uh, But I do think he's shooting 66 or 67. We need to get him up to the mid-70s, which would be really help us. And, but I, I, like you said, he does get fouled. He forces people to foul him when he posts. And uh, we talked about Liberty. They have had a, a great deal of success. This is uh, Coach Dooley on uh, Liberty's success as a program and as a team. If I read the game notes right, they've, they're one of eight programs that's won 20 or more five straight years in the country. So that's yeah. that's a very select company when you come to 355 schools and you're one of eight. Uh, they were fifth in the country last year in, in scoring defense. They're ninth right now. Uh, you know, they've done a really good job, had really good balance, and, and uh, really, really, really defend. No Winston Tabs, of course, for the Pirates. He's been out with an injury. And... Uh, not looking good for seeing Winston Tabs, certainly for the Liberty game, maybe at all this season, which is too bad. Pirates have somehow found a way to win eight of uh, their first ten with uh, perhaps their best player out of the lineup. And uh, we've seen Tristan Newton come in. He's done a good job distributing the basketball. Suggs in a pinch can play the point for you. I think Tremont Robinson-White is kind of that sort of hybrid Second point guard has been very effective. As the lead guard, he's been pretty effective. Although I think Tristan was more of the classic definition of a lead guard. Uh, but this is uh, Joe Dooley talking about the point guard situation right now for the Pirates. 
Well, I guess combined they're shooting about they're scoring about 24 points, 25 points a game combined, which is a pretty good number from your point guard position. Tristan obviously is a little bit different. Uh, Chamont's more of a downhill, uh, slithery type guy, as we know, and Tristan has a knack for making tough shots. I think we've been able to play them together some. I, you know, we do like Tremont in the game with Tristan some. It allows Tristan not have to guard ball, the ball as much, and Tremont is obviously a very good on-the-ball defender, puts some pressure on the point guard, and disrupts other teams' offenses. So we'll, we'll use those guys. We'll play them together some. We'll play them independently, and I, I do think Javon Small is, is, is really gaining on some things. too. I, I've been high on him, and it's to tell you the truth, some of it's not necessarily that Javon hasn't done well it's just the, the opportunity hasn't presented itself because those other guys have done a really good job so um it's an unfortunate part for javon but i do think javon's gonna be a good player yeah joe's told me he thinks they're gonna get they've gotten some more times for for lester here i think you're gonna see uh more time for small uh possibly down the road and i think he could be a really really good player you know they put those guys in at the end Against A and T, and A T just started to beat the hell out of them. The refs had decided at that point they were leaving, so they didn't call anything. And you know everybody was hacking on the Mosher kid about, you know, this guy can't play. Dude, that guy can play. He scored a thousand points in high school in Texas. Dude can play. But I mean, you know, they got to be kind of ready to go when you come off the bench. And you know they were probably all a little nervous. And A and T still had their starters out there, and those guys were beating the heck out of the pirate players and but small's one of those guys he's going to be really 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 uh, a talented guy and a contributing guy before he leaves here uh let's see um how ECU got involved with this hall of fame shootout that they're participating in this is a pretty cool concept out in Charlotte it's four games pilk you ever been to an NCAA tournament first round I'm sure you have. Yeah, I've been to the first round. Isn't that fun? That's like four days of four games and one day of basketball. Oh, it's so awesome. The only downside to it is you're uh, you're missing all the other games that are going on. That's why I prefer going to a conference tournament even over the NCAA, but it is a yeah, great time either way. Yeah, that, but, you know, I've, I've been a couple times to the NCAAs. Uh, the first round, like I was in Greensboro's and Winston-Salem. That's just fun to go to. You know, especially before TV became – every game was on TV because you could see teams – like I, I've gotten to see UCLA play in person. That's pretty cool. The year Utah State upset them, I got to see that. You know, uh, you, I've got to see obviously a lot of Duke teams play in person as a result of. I mean, that, it's just cool to go to the and, and see a lot of those kind of games be played. It really is. It was great. We got to see Virginia play, which we were all excited about. They were the number one overall seed, and some team from uh, Baltimore came in and beat them. That, and so that so was, you were there in the building when they got beat. That yeah, had to be we fun. were there. That had to be fun. But it's fun to go to that. And if you're a basketball fan, that's a great. I mean, it starts early, it ends late. It's a long day of basketball. Uh, but that's kind of what Friday's like in a way. It's, you know, it, it's almost like an NCAA first round tournament game or tournament. Uh, four games at one venue. And uh, it's a nice little event. I, I hope it's something that they'll keep doing. Uh, it's at Charlotte Arena's great. I've done some games from in there. That's a great arena. Team, yeah, not so much. But the they're, you know, they're okay. And now that they've got that little train stop right by it, too, you don't have to drive all the way into the city. Oh, it's right? wonderful. So the times I did, I did some CIAA tournament games there. And so I parked at the parking deck one day. <coughs> and then one day we were out in, like, just this parking lot. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of you go in the back way where the practice facility is? We just parked there. 
Yeah, that one's really not bad unless it's just packed for some reason. Like the NCAA tournament, it's tough to park there. Yeah. But, you know, but little I, stuff like I this. I think they set it aside for us to park there for the tournament that day. So we parked there that day, and which was nice until I had to leave the building at 5 o'clock, and uh, that was problematic. But um, anyway, how did ECU get involved with this event out in uh, Charlotte? Here's Joe Dooley's answer. Oh, the Hall of Fame, there, there was some league uh, affiliation in the league called us about the opportunity. We wanted to play in Charlotte. Uh, you know, we'd like to do that probably, possibly every year if we can. Uh, so that was a good deal, and we thought it was a great opportunity for our guys and for our program, so we thought we'd do it. Yeah, I, I think it'd be good for ECU to find a way to get into this event each year, go out to Charlotte. Because when Charlotte joins the league, that would give you a couple trips out there a year big recruiting base in that part of the state, even for hoops. And then this is Joe Dooley talking about, as I talked about a moment ago, some of the younger talent on the Pirate roster. You know, we've been able to – they've learned how to how to play a lot of minutes. Brandon's had to, how to guard some really good players, uh, which will have some challenges on Friday afternoon. Again, he'll see some two really good guards for, from Liberty. But I think those guys have really figured out how to – maximize their minutes and uh you know i do think with with rj and some of those younger guys getting better that'll help because we'll be able to rest them a little bit quicker also all right that is today's pirate report and right now ahead of joe Giglio joining us on the show from 99.9 the fan the one and only philip the ref pilkington he's got a sports update for you here everything going on got some college basketball on uh, our sister stations tonight the tar heels on 94.1 Blue Devils on 103.7. And with everything else going on, here is Philip. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. A lot of COVID news going around in the world of sports, but we will stick to ones right here in this area as tonight's Canes game against Minnesota has been postponed. Four more players for Carolina have tested positive. That means six players have tested positive in total in the last two days. Notable transfers in college football. Michael Penix Jr. transferring from Wash- transferring to Washington from Indiana after four seasons in Indiana. Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler and tight end Austin Stogner are transferring to South Carolina. I guess they got mixed up as to which USC Lincoln Riley was going to. And Texas A&M running back Isaiah Spiller declares for the NFL draft. In college basketball, Kansas and Indiana have scheduled a home-and-home for 2022 and 23. The first matchup will be in Kansas, the second one in Indiana. Speaking of college hoops, there are some notable games tonight. Louisiana travels to number 14, Houston. Number 6, Bama, goes to Memphis, Furman at Carolina, and South Carolina State at Duke. Later this week, ECU plays in the Hall of Fame shootout against Liberty. Joe Dooley talked about how his team got into the game. Oh, the Hall of Fame, there was some league uh, affiliation in the league called us about the opportunity. We wanted to play in Charlotte. Uh, you know, we'd like to do that probably possibly every year if we can. Uh, so that was a good deal, and we thought it was a great opportunity for our guys and for our program, so we thought we'd do it. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. More with the P-Man after this timeout. A little earlier today, the star of the OG, 99.9 The Fan, our friends over in Raleigh, Joe Giglio, caught up with him. Here's some of that conversation for you here on the PJ Show. Joe Giglio, how are you? I'm great, Patrick. Yourself? I'm well. I'm glad you're doing okay. Like I told you when we hopped on the phone here, there's never a dull moment in the Giglio house. You guys, <laughs> you you keep it exciting. 
<laughs> I know it's been a busy couple of weeks and months, but hopefully 2022 will be the year of the Gilios. I Well, I, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, Joe, of course, continues to do excellent work at WRELsportsfan.com in the afternoons on 99.9 The Fan uh, as part of their afternoon program with Joe Ovius. And uh, you might catch him occasionally on uh, the Big Five. WREL uh, television. Uh, where to start? Bowl season is where we'll start. Why not, Joe, right? Bowl season Perfect. is where, we'll, yeah. where where we will start. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, you're, you're kind of known as being a little bit of a pack guy, an NC State guy. That was your beat for a number of years. Uh, they're way out there on the West Coast, but this is a pretty big bowl game for Dave Doran's bunch. Yeah, I think it's huge, Patrick. Uh, NC State has been started playing football 123 years ago and only once have they had a season where they've ended with at least 10 wins and this would be a chance to do it for a second time and and obviously Philip Rivers did it in 2002 and this group has a chance to go 10 and 3 and really cap off what could be a special season for them even though it didn't include you know playing for the ACC championship or winning the Atlantic Division I still think if you can get to 10 for something that's only been done once in school history would be significant for the Wolfpack. Joe, uh, UNC, a uh, quick trip for them. Uh, I, you know, it's a fun matchup anytime they play South Carolina, particularly Charlotte. Uh, so that'll be the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Who's going to have the bigger year in 2022, the Tar Heels or the Gamecocks? Yeah, you, you got to like South Carolina's addition of Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma transfer at quarterback. I thought Shane Beamer showed uh, an aptitude in year one, right? This is his first year at South Carolina. Um, so I, I, maybe it's the second year. I'm losing track a little bit, Patrick. But oh, this, is uh, first early year. In his, this was his first yeah, year. Yeah. I thought he came in there and, and added a little bit of life. Obviously, had some of his dad's organizational skills. I thought they were lucky to beat ECU um, early in the season. But I thought the way that they plotted along in the SEC East, um, gives them some some real hope and direction, quite frankly, on the east side of the SEC where there's a lot of hay to be made. Um, and adding a quarterback of that of that uh, caliber can only really boost the Gamecocks in 2022. UNC, I mean, they have been recruiting really well. They'll they'll be they'll be right up there on Wednesday on signing day. They're, they're adding more talented players. That's always a good thing. Um, but obviously there's, there's no other way to describe their 2021 season as anything other than a disappointment at six and six. And then obviously losing Sam Howell, who I thought did about all he could this year. I don't know if you could ask for much more of a quarterback than what Sam Howell did this year, uh, both throwing the ball and adding to his, uh, running game. Uh, just, you know, those are the kind of players as we saw this year at Carolina, when you lose Javante Williams and a Michael Carter and Daz News, I'm sure you have other highly highly rated recruits behind them, but that doesn't mean you can always replace what they mean to your program. We got Joe Giglio, 99.9 The Fan, co-host of the OG, WREL-TV, WRELsportsfan.com, was with the News and Observer for a number of years, uh, probably the best uh, football mind, in, in, for my money, out there as far as you know, covering the sport and doing so from uh, insightful and interesting angles. So ECU and Boston College in the military bowl. So what is the what's the skinny on BC for Pirate fans? What do they need to know about the Eagles? Well, 
BC's been two different teams this year. You know, the one that started the year with Phil Jerkovich, quarterback, and then when he got hurt, he came back at the end of the year, and it seemed like they got discombobulated. Um, it will be interesting. I, I like Jeff Fastley, their coach, a lot. I think he's outstanding. I think he's gonna, he's a rising star in the college ranks, and, and potentially he could end up in the NFL. Um, but I think I think this is ECU's game to win. Um, obviously, they've had the their bowl drought, and it's they're back in a game. I, uh, their fans are energized. I expect there to be a, a heavy pro ECU crowd in Annapolis for mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, the way ECU closed the season, you know, they're they're playing their best ball right now, and that's a credit to Mike Houston. So Duke yesterday announced their new head coach, Mike Elko, who looks like he would sell you a suit at a haberdashery. Uh, this guy, well, for, did he win the press conference, Joe? <laughs> I didn't see enough of it, Patrick, <laughs> to know. Um, man, and that really doesn't matter, but you know this and I know this. Well, I just, when we look back at what David Cut and I look, I get the last three years have not been great. There probably needed to be a change made there at some point. You know, the, the my dad is a long-suffering Duke football fan. And so the thing that I, I said to him one year, I think they'd beaten Temple uh, in a bowl game. I said, it's really nice for Duke to be going to bowl games and winning bowl games and not have to worry about your coach coming back next year. But in a way, the fact that you never had to worry about him leaving is the reason he had to leave. You know, if you follow what I'm what I'm saying there, I mean, it just it kind of ran out after 14 years. But I think we're going to look back at what David Cutcliffe accomplished, and and just we should marvel, should we not? Yes, totally agree. Uh, amazing what he did at the worst program, certainly in Power Five, and and definitely in the in the mix uh, before this UMass run for UConn and UMass run for worse than all of college football. Um, and quite frankly, the way that he won, Patrick, was surprising to me. Um, not with an option offense, not with a gimmick, rather, you know, the same style that everyone else was playing. Yeah. Um, you know, he made a concerted effort. Coach, you know, Daniel Jones, Thad Lewis, and Anthony Boone, the same way that he, that he coached the Manning brothers, which, you know, uh, quite frankly, is something I didn't think Duke would be able to do. And I honestly, I think they made a mistake. Um, I'll say it in Mike Elko. I I would have gone and, and got Jeff Munkin from Army and, and tried yeah. to win that way. Yeah. Uh, I think he's an outstanding coach, and I think he would throw the ball more somewhere other than Army. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what Mike Elko comes up with. Obviously, he coached with Dave Clawson at, at a Fordham and Bowling Green and Wake Forest. And I, that, those are all good things. Um, but I like the joke here in the triangle. He had the uh, requisite uh, stop at Notre Dame. So that's all you need here in the triangle to get a job. Is if you <laughs> once worked at Notre Dame, you're, you're good to go. Uh, well, especially at Duke. Especially at Duke. It, uh, yes. Seems yes. Hey, uh, let me ask you really quick about Wake uh, before we talk a little bit of hoops here. Um, you know, they're obviously in uh, – kind of rarefied air for, for Demon Deacon football. Can they keep it going? Uh, they're not going to have every year like this, and they understand that. Dave Clawson understands that. I think you can I think you can have a, a year like this every third or fourth year. 
and and props to them for taking advantage of the year that they did. I don't I don't think they're going to like drop off the face of the earth next year. Um, but I, it's also going to be difficult for them to sustain. You know, if you think about the number of super seniors that they had and the number of players who all decided to come back, I mean, that's that's a fairly unique opportunity. And again, credit to them for taking advantage of it. But it's a weird, it was a weird year for them because they lose to Clemson uh, in the conference. They they should not have, they they definitely should not have lost to Clemson in the way that they did. They were just pushed around by Clemson. And they lose to Carolina, which was a non-conference game, but it's kind of like, you know, you look back on it, and they're obviously their best win was over state, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. <laughs> but um, they they had an opportunity, and they took advantage of it. I I just don't think that's going to be an annual opportunity, though, for them. No, they got pushed around by Clemson physically, and then just I mean, losing the UNC, even though it was non conference on the road, there's no no excuse for that either. In, in my not with the lead that they had. Yeah, the not with the lead half. that they had. You know, like, yeah, yeah. That, that felt very mental to me. Too. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what they do against A&M in the Gator Bowl. Uh, you brought up Clemson. Are we – is this thing over with now? I mean, are we – this is going to be interesting, isn't it? Both coordinators gone, going to get a new AD. Uh, Dabo's it's, – it's the little uh, – is it a gift for Jeff Gillio? You work with Ovius. He's hip to these things. Of the dog sitting in the house burning, everything's fine. Is it that That's level? Right. Is it that level yet? With uh, you with, know, with Dabo or no? I think losing Brett and Venable will affect the overall general health of that program. Um, Clemson fans don't like it when I say this, but Clemson was here in Raleigh in September. I left that game, watched the game, left the game, thinking to myself. Man, if you did not know any better and you just watched the football game, you would think the guy in purple, which is who Brent Venable is mm-hmm. or was for Clemson, was the head coach of that team. Right. Just the way that he acted on the sideline, just how engaged he was in everything that was going on during the game. You, if, if you took someone from London and said, watch the football game with me, they would say, oh, well, that's the head coach, right? And that's not an insult. He's just very – He, I think he was very involved in everything that they did. Well, look. Uh, obviously, look, on the same, defense. Side. Same thing Lincoln Riley when he was in Greenville. Yeah, exactly. And that's not an insult. <laughs> it's actually a compliment to Dabo Swinney that he has the ability to hire really good coaches and get out of their way and not really look for the credit um, that comes with it. Because when you win championships and you're paid $9 million a year, well, that's usually enough credit for most people. Um, I, do I think it's dead? Do I think it's over? No, I, I, I would love for them. They should change quarterbacks. They should get a right. quarterback out yeah. of the portal. Yeah. They should, they should do something else at quarterback. I don't think DJ Uwe Ungolale, I, I just, it's so hard, Patrick, to think about what Trevor Lawrence did. Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback in ACC history. Yeah. He replaced, Deshaun Watson won a national championship and made it look really, really easy. Think about all the quarterbacks we've seen come through NC State, ECU, um, Carolina. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, the next guy, he's going to be just as good. And you're like, no, no, those guys just don't come around that often. Well, 
again, I don't, I'm just going to turn this back to ECU, case in point. David Garrard, NFL guy, 10 years in the league. The second coming was Paul Troth, heralded out of high school. That's right. Didn't work out. That's right. Didn't, and, yeah. I, and I love Paul, and Paul's been on this show and talked about why he didn't think it worked out. But, and to his credit, took a lot of the blame for that. But, I mean, it just it doesn't work out sometimes. Yeah. And, 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 and replacing these coaches, it doesn't work out sometimes. Right. You know. Right. I, right. I, I think Clemson's going to have some issues. I really do. I really do. I agree. I think they're going to have some big issues. Now, I don't know if anybody else is capable of, of and then, yeah, taking the mantle the from them. Yeah. But I yep. th- they're going to have some issues. They're going to come back to earth a little bit, I believe. The great Joe Giglio is with us uh, here. 99.9 The Fan, OG host, WREL sports fan. I just want to get a little quick ACC basketball with Duke and, and uh, Carolina getting back playing basketball uh, tonight. Uh, is it Duke and everybody else in the ACC? Yes. Yes, it's, that's safe to, it's safe to categorize it that way. Um, Duke's talent level is above and beyond everybody else's in the league. Now, they're not a great shooting team, so uh, there'll be nights where they don't look as great as they could be. Um, but, yeah, I would be I would be stunned if someone other than Duke ended up being the number one seed in the ACC tournament. Who? How many teams does the ACC legitimately deserve to get in? Notice what I said there, Joe. How legitimately. Many, well, no, yeah. deserve. Deserve to get in. Yeah, I mean, you start looking at what the league did collectively in the non-conference schedule, and, man, it's hard to make a case for many teams other than Duke. Uh, I think Carolina beating Michigan obviously helped their cause. I do think Duke will lose a couple of games in the league, so that's going to help whoever beats them. But, you know, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, um, have nice records, but I don't think they did that much to impress you other than win the games they were supposed to, if that makes sense. You know, Wake Forest in particular beat um, Virginia Tech, <laughs> but their one big game that they played to LSU, they lost. Um, and no crime there. LSU's a good team. Um, but, it, you know, I could see – uh, if four, if only four teams made the tournament, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I could, I could see five because Syracuse, as I like to say, always loves to find a way mm-hmm. um, to to weasel their way in there, <laughs> and then somehow make the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, it, it's a, uh, it's about as bad. The league is about as bad as I've seen it um, in, in any of the years I've covered it, which would start in '94. Yeah. I'm going to ask you this really quick about, uh, and you kind of brought this uh, up with with Wake Forest, but I mean they are they have the most wins right now uh, of anybody. Steve Forbes is a hell of a coach, really good, great recruiter, and has done a really good. And there were some people oh, he can't do that. He recruits to where he is. He's that adaptable. Yeah. And had he not gotten in some trouble against Auburn or with Auburn a few years ago, wherever that was, uh, Tennessee, I think, actually. Had he not gotten in trouble in some of that, he probably would have already had a, a bigger job at this point in his career. 
So, I, you know, I, I just, I, do you think they've got a chance to just keep anything going or at least be a pest to some people this year in the league? No, I don't, I don't think there's any question that they're going to be, I think they'll in the, finish in the top three or four of the league this year. Gotcha. I, I, the, the way that they've played and embraced the style that he wants to play, um, transfers that he's been able to kind of pick and, and plug and, you know, Alondis Williams averaged six points at Oklahoma and now all of a sudden he's averaging 18 at Wake Forest. Uh, you know, it's just, that's kind of indicative of where the ACC is, right? Like, you get a guy out of the portal and you think, oh, you know, uh, Jaden Gardner, ah, he's going to be awesome. He's been fine for Virginia. But it's the ones where you're looking at where you go, where did this guy come from? It's funny you bring up up Jaden Gardner. A lot of respect for Jaden Gardner. He's got a great motor. Gets a ton out of his uh, ability. More than he should get out of his ability, to be honest with you. But here they are. Meh. And he's the best guy on a meh team where he's been the best guy on some bad teams. So uh, maybe everybody's happier. I don't know. I I think ECU's a better basketball team from the sense of moving the basketball and and more guys involved in the offense than they have been the last couple of years with with Jaden. And now Virginia's – I mean, you sort of live by Jaden Garner, you die by Jaden Garner. That's what Virginia's finding out, I think. Yeah. I was going to give you a chance to to comment on that, Jillio, but. <laughs> oh, well, I, you know me, I don't love Virginia basketball right. and I'm not, I'm not rooting against Jaden. No, I understand. Um, but I, understand. I find it entertaining that, yes, I didn't think I would live long enough to see Virginia be basketball bad again under Tony Bennett. And that's great. where they are. Yeah. They're, they're not good. They're not good. Um, now, of course, they'll still end up with a winning record in the ACC because that's what Tony Bennett does. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would be lying to you if I told you I didn't. I haven't taken some pleasure in um, <laughs> their, their struggles here outside the league. I got you. He is the great Joe Giglio, ninety-nine nine, the fan, the OG, WRALsportsfan.com. dot com. I hope you feel better, and I hope it's a really great holiday for you and your family. By God, you all deserve it. Patrick, always appreciate you taking the time and having me on your program. And best of. Uh, Season's greetings to you, and, and enjoy the uh, military bowl if you're headed up that way. I, I do think it'll be a good time for ECU. Joe Giglio, 99.9 The Fan, WRELsportsfan.com. We appreciate him being on with us. The complete interview up on the podcast page at 943thegame.com and wherever you download your favorite podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, one thirty. Take a note, 1.30 will be on the air with our ECU signing day coverage, so stand by for that. Uh, we'll have Mike Houston's comments for you, and we'll run down all of the uh, key signees for this uh, recruiting class in 2022 for the Pirates. 1.30 here on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com live streaming. Ben Byram, Philip Pilkington, and yours truly bringing up the back end there on the uh, anchoring of the coverage. Uh, we'll have a TV show for you tomorrow on ESPN plus signing day special beginning at noon. Join our guy, Jay Sunhalder and myself. We'll be talking to coach Houston, John Gilbert, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell, and a lot more. So uh, check that out. ESPN plus tomorrow at noon. 
And then coming up tomorrow at 5 o'clock, Patrick Johnson Show. We'll wrap the whole thing up for you, all the audio, all the highlights and analysis, and much, much more. And when we rejoin you for the rest of the week, uh, we'll uh, hopefully uh, try to get Coach Dooley on a little later in the week before this game against Liberty. So that might be Thursday. We're still working to nail that down. And then uh, Friday we'll have uh, Cy Seymour on after uh, the ECU game against Liberty, which will be played at 1.30 in the afternoon out at Charlotte, part of the Hall of Fame shootout. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, Patrick Johnson Show. And don't forget our special coverage at 1.30 tomorrow of ECU Signing Day right here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game.